Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Cliff and Victoria, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for having us, Atlas. Yeah, we're excited. So pumped. So pumped. For your first podcast appearance also, which is exciting. Yeah, it's a special one. Very happy that it's with you. Likewise. Likewise. And I'm really pumped that because Coda was staying here that we got introduced and we just vibed really strongly and now we are doing a show together yeah yeah let's see what we can co-create yeah and super grateful for coda for making it happen making the introduction exactly And Faces of the Future is, it's exciting because it's so deeply rooted in this conscious awakening that the collective is undergoing. And I'm excited for you guys to share more about both Faces of the Future as an actual program and community and also for us to sort of talk about what that process looks like in one of the core elements that we talked about and that's really familiar to people is that there seems to be this very tight feedback loop between the inner and the outer and consciousness being inextricable from physicalism or materialism and there's always these unique little patterns that we can detect that if we shine the light of awareness on them we can gain more insight and transparency into them and purify our behavior to come more and more from oneness and wholeness rather than from lack and separation and conditioning all this type of stuff so let's have you guys speak about that both in your own journeys as well as in what you're serving people with it's quite a start quite an open question and always i'd love to invite victoria to kind of share a bit about her journey yeah, so uh, we're Faces of the Future. We are a startup studio with a personal development platform that's focused on conscious awakening. And um, how I started with this work, I guess you want to hear the backstory or a bit about what we do first? Yes. Yes, both. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Clifton and I met in 2016 at a biotech networking event i was working as a nurse at the time at nyu and clifton was getting his mba from columbia university and i was wanting to leave my job as a nurse i wanted to start my own business and i was also going on this kind of awakening journey i had just been in a car accident and it set me on a path of being more present more aware in my body and seeing how empathic I actually was with the patients all the energies I was picking up in the hospital and that was the first time I was really able to sit and be present with myself 
feel the the pain in my body, the suffering that I've been carrying for so many years, I was able to look deeper and start to do some of that emotional and spiritual work. And um, <laughs> it, it's been a journey. It's been a journey since 2016. Um, we didn't. Do you want to chime in? Sure. Or, yeah. Sure. And, and, and meanwhile, I guess as Victoria was looking inner. I was looking outer. <laughs> so business school, I was looking at venture capital. Right after we met, I was flying to Saudi Arabia for a Miss Global Forum. So I was getting really macro, looking at trends. And I grew up around uh, newspapers and a newspaper family and kind of was awakened to what happens behind the scenes and how certain things don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily as they seem um, for headlines and whatnot. And so I was starting to not be able to forget the, the truth of what I'm seeing on the macro scale. And so I chose entrepreneurship and venture capital as a form of pursuing truth in terms of co-creating the future. And I could see that while the ideas were great, the execution and, and the culture of a lot of these companies and funds were not necessarily in alignment with a lot of the, the missions that were being said. Um, so I, that's kind of how we, we join on the, the inner to the outers. I was looking on the outer and, and she was doing an, an inner, inner journey. Yes. And, and it took about three years after that for us to, to reconnect, in which case I had started to do a major inner journey, inner work with a, a startup that combined uh, different modalities of healing and, and that's when we reconnected and really started to, to sync up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started going more and more integrative and holistic over time. Really, Western medicine at first, wanting to help people, seeing how it wasn't serving people in the way I wanted to. And then I uh, started exploring things like aromatherapy first and then, and then Reiki, doing uh, energetic practices, really feeling the depths of people that aren't visible to the naked eye, but things we perceive vibrationally about people. Honing in on all those feelings <laughs> that I was coming home with from the hospital. I was like, oh wow, that's a lot. <laughs> and in, in the holistic company, for me, what, what I was ending up doing was running myself into the ground, nearly having a heart attack with all the pressure, the stress, and, and my work-life balance or, or lack thereof. And, something just wasn't clicking. It's like, okay, if I'm creating a company all about health and wellness and, and the people who are building it aren't healthy uh, and, uh, and are unable to, to navigate uh, the, the journey to create something that brings health, then there's something intrinsically uh, flawed in how I'm approaching it. And so that's when I began to search internally and, and switch from an external focus to an internal focus and really did a deep dive into the, the spiritual side of reality. And uh, that led me to, to India, to seeing a lot of unique powers of the third eye that are becoming more and more popular, such as body scanning, blindfold reading, um, Akashic readings, things like that. And I came back from that trip to India and that's when Victoria and I actually reconnected because I was in a 21 day program and was practicing um, manifesting the powers of the third eye, which is body scanning and then Akashic readings. And so I was there having to do it 
21 times in 24 hours and I'm trying to figure out who's awake at this time and I'm on the west coast and I see Victoria and who wants to awaken <laughs> yeah and Victoria yeah literally who's awake or who wants to awaken that's a good one I like that and Victoria was there and I was like I don't really uh, know if she'll respond but she had responded favorably to something I sent about uh, astrology and so she was on Facebook Messenger, and I just messaged her, hey, do you want uh, an Akashic reading? And she said yes. <laughs> and I was in a space where I was really looking for my purpose, my dharma. I knew what wasn't for me. I knew all the things that I was not, but I didn't know who I was, what I was, what I was looking for, what lit me up about life, what my heart connected to, where was my heart <laughs> even. And I you know, went to... Did the reiki training did the burning man kind of thing and then we, when clifton and i reconnected the last time i touched base with him he was like really in the business world and not super tapped in yet it was what i would say like emotionally or spiritually and at that point when he was going through this program i'm like so i'd been journeying inward slowly and steadily and like what did he do what what is this that that just made him take a quantum leap in his level of spirituality and understanding of the world so i wanted to know more yeah and so we connected and each time i was um ex ex expressing through me the akashic records and uh seeing where there were, were triggers or traumas um, and i had put all of my eggs in the spiritual basket and completely uh, neglected the the physical reality so uh, the, the needs uh, that i have of like connection sustenance you know movement um the, the reality of living in a place where we we do exchange currency exchange currency <laughs> and there there, there is a, a need for that and so my, my journey with victoria actually was starting to bring back those spiritual gifts into a form in a context that the the current reality can can hold and um and more importantly, what I found was the more that I did work on myself, the more I was able to stay in both places or to utilize the skill in a way that would help uh, others in, and serve them in, in a better way. Mm -hmm. uh, I started with uh, channeling you know, uh, Hindu deities, which is really, really incredible. But the ap applicability of the messages, it wasn't being followed through on. So that wasn't a, a key force multiplier. There's no integration. There was no yeah. integration. Sometimes there was no acceptance of mm -hmm. what was being said. Um, and it sometimes it was just too, too macro um, on, on what to do. But certain questions around business, because I have a, a CPA background and an MBA, I was able to give extremely explicit um, guidance. And that seemed to get a lot of traction. Um, but at that point, I still had yet to understand or even know about emotions. So um, at an early age, I shut down emotions. And so when people said they felt you know, something in their heart, like a, a heartache, I just thought that was a figure of speech. I didn't actually know that that was a feeling in, in the heart. And so I had to undergo an emotional awakening after that spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And through the culmination and, and work with with Victoria actually really helping ground it and bringing the nurturing and the emotional intelligence, uh, we, we formed uh, what is Faces of the Future. 
And I had emotional intelligence about other people, not about myself because of the the poor boundary structure not understanding what's mine what's not mine and that's uh, a, a topic that's tricky in spirituality it's like oneness versus how do we set up healthy boundaries with the oneness as well yeah <laughs> and you were you were emotionally sensitive <laughs> and um, there were things that I thought were private like in terms of my thought and my energy that were more uh, not non-obvious but because she was highly sensate and she could feel it she could actually know what what energy i was sending out to people which got me into trouble just didn't match the words sometimes (laughs) yeah a a few times and so then it was really like whoa this is like full multi-dimensional integrity right here so uh, let's let's explore that Nice. It's pretty exciting hearing about all of the ways that we transition from mainstream society, Mm -hmm. separation, ego, to this turn inward that then becomes infused in everything we express outward. So another good one to ask you guys about would be, so now that you've went through this, these journeys, how do you then distill the essence of what you've understood into the faces of the future curricula and then take people through it? And what does that process look like? Yeah, I'd say the best uh, view of it is it's an emergent property. So it's constantly evolving. And each person's essence, if you imagine going through the process and we're a filter, we filter people's essence. And so it's going to be different each time. And it informs us like the order of operation of our clients is actually a divinely guided thing because Mm -hmm. we're becoming more sophisticated uh, every time someone goes through the process. We're upgrading our algorithm, so to speak, of what that process looks like. Um, and I would say that the process came as a a download or pieces of downloads that we didn't fully we intellectually mentally grasp what it was and as we are doing it and as we went through our own journeys and had the embodied understanding we're like oh that's why (laughs) this works or that's why that's a thing and things that we were discovering what we saw that we, we then encountered in like Joe Dispenza's work in quantum manifestation principles we encountered it in in psychology with with needs and and boundaries and feelings and attachment style it's like it's a full spectrum 360 holistic view of who you are as a human in totality how to find your center 
how to find your heart. What does the heart want? Let's decondition that personality that was formed from the, the tribal nature of society because we, we are programmed by our parents and our upbringing and we evolve certain patterns of behavior. That tape player, that theta brainwave recording state is going for the first seven years of life and we don't know what's a good program, what's not a good program. It serves us in the beginning, but then after a while you see it's no longer to your benefit and it doesn't keep you safe anymore. It actually hinders you from moving any further. So deconditioning that personality that helped you get love, security, and acceptance in the first seven years of life in your tribe and your family, the family of origin, to understanding your individuality. I think it was uh, Edward Casey who said, used the two terms where I heard it, and um, finding the unique essence, the, the oneness, the core fractal of who you are. And what you stand for, what lights you up, what excites you. Yeah, and another way of saying it is uh, bringing it back to the embodiment. We, we help people tap into their heart and repair it and amplify its guidance system in, in another metaphor. Because in those first seven years, you learn, you, you adopt certain beliefs to survive in your household. Like, why do we do this? Well, that's the way it's done. That's how you learn to be mm -hmm. a part of the family. And so after that deprogramming or, mm -hmm. or through the process of living that programming, you may have had some traumas or issues where you shut down access to your heart in order to survive. And so then the next step is to actually tap into the heart, repair it, and repair your ability to navigate in, in, in the present moment from mm -hmm. a, an integrated heart, brain, spirit coherence, which people come with, with various levels of integration and sophistication and we really love uh, the four wheels tire that one of our, our mentors, Dr. Brian Malandine, talked about, which is imagine you as a being have four tires, uh, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. To power your vehicle. And, and if you have an overinflated tire, you're not going to drive smoothly. And that's exactly what happened to me. I put it all in physical and mental and then realized I was completely missing spiritual. So I threw everything out, jumped on the spiritual tr tire, and, and, and of course there were problems with that. And then all of a sudden I realized there was an emotional tire. And so making sure that each tire is balanced is a really important aspect of navigating because you're just going to keep having to learn certain things in life that are going to manifest for you to learn to inflate that specific tire mm -hmm. and what was happening was i was doing a lot of spiritual bypassing so yes. i was leaning into my spiritual abilities which in in many cases bring on and wonder like whoa you can do that to bypass certain uh needs of mine to bypass certain emotional intelligence that i needed to learn in order to, to move forward and I find that in, in a lot of uh, clients and a lot of technology uh, embedded individuals is that they're wanting to bring forth a certain type of society without necessarily making sure that their navigation system is, is aligned and that mm -hmm. their tires are all adequately pumped up. Mm -hmm. Like not overcompensating with your strength and comfort zone and pouring and sublimating all the energy towards that tire. Yeah. Like yeah. you're saying. And structurally, I mean, we, we've had like areas of focus in order to expand society. So we go deep in one area. But what we're seeing is that especially for the, the, the next generation and the bridge, it's about being balanced within yourself and mm -hmm. understanding that, yeah, pursue your passion, identify your dharma. And that might be 
heavily skewed in one tire, but that is not at the detriment of developing the other tires. And so we've actually gone through our programs that we've created, and it, it just uh, humbles me to realize like it's a continuous learning journey. And, and there's so much that's, it's so rich. There's, there's not a stop. There's no, no longer this like guru mentality or this like infallible mentality. It's like, we're all human, we're all learning. And with that mentality, we can have the vulnerability that's necessary to go deep. We can have the authenticity of the human experience and not present a facade of perfectionism that mm-hmm. a lot of um, self-help brands may may push out there. We're being truly raw in, in our mm-hmm. evolution and, and our, our, our journey. Yeah, and what we're finding is the, the deeper we go with ourselves and with clients, the more expansive you can then go on your vision for the, the world we wanna co-create like what your mission is in society, like understanding where that core desire comes from, how it got implanted there, if it's really authentic and your own, and what that looks like as the manifestation, as you're, you're doing this in, in society. Yeah, another analogy is like a tree. A tree needs deeper roots in order to grow tall. And a lot of people are focused on, on the above surface, the, the, the tallness of the tree, yes. and they're not focused on the deepness of the roots, mm-hmm. and they're trying to grow without recognizing that they have to go deep first. Love that. So good. draw a similar analogy to the guests that come on the show where there's that similar style of parsing their essence and the algorithm continuously updates as you see more patterns Mm -hmm. and then i love how you also describe in your curricula that there's this what appears to be a seven or so year period of the familial and tribal upbringing that oh yeah there's there's so much there that is it because that's really the root so to get to that collectively as a as a focus is great because then we start in the first seven years with oneness and unique expression as the essence uh, rather than only all of the conditioning and separation and ego and all of those patterns but yet yes there's also this process of Well, there's nuances here because there's many um, there's many upbringings that happen around the world where it's um, these in the first seven years these patterns don't even emerge, right? So that's the style of like future pedagogy around upbringing that's most exciting 
at least for me, where much of these perverse patterns don't even emerge anymore. Because then we end up being 20 or 30 or 40 or whatnot years old and going like, well, fuck, what happened in those first seven years? Oh, shit, now I have to do some deconditioning of my heart. Fuck. And then, you know, that's also a whole thing. Oh, shit, those first two, three, four decades, I was being such an asshole because of this thing that happened when I was three years old. Blah, blah, blah. Snooze. Like, that shit is old now. Like... Let's move beyond that. Let's figure out the first seven years properly so we don't have to do all this later stuff in the middle part of our lives. And and to be honest, from a spiritual perspective, that's where I feel a lot of our generation took on the Dharma to be put in these dysfunctional families to learn because as as an expression of oneness, we're here to bring everyone collectively to that and so a lot of what you might call light workers or awakened people, I don't know what terminology you like to use, but we need to understand the dysfunction because we are oneness and we don't understand separation unless we experience it in individual states and then collectively talk about it and go through it. And so... <laughs> uh, so good. So good. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's really what, what we see. And you're, you're absolutely right. Like these patterns are, are buried in our subconscious and, and we, we go around thinking we're, we're fine because we're focused on our conscious. But then all of a sudden we look at, at the fruit of our tree and we're like, this isn't what I want. There's something off. Or all, all these areas in my life are great, <laughs> but this one area is, is off. If you even have the awareness to know it's off. Sometimes you just, you just pour more into the, the bucket or tire you're most familiar and comfortable with. And it's like, look, we're, we're here to live our fullest life, our fullest expression. And if one thing's off, that means mm-hmm. everything's off in, in, in some aspect of it. Because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So there's something for you in deep exploration of that area. So oftentimes we, we find um, clients resonant with wanting to find like, that ideal romantic partner, that, that love relationship. And they might have other areas of their career really dialed in, but it, it's that one aspect that is so rich for their exploration and so challenging for their ego to let go and receive the feedback. And I, I can say as in our dynamic, it's challenging every single day. Every it, day. It's like we're going <laughs> to work and, and healing ourselves in a process of just sending an email. Yeah. yeah. Because it's clear, like that's the, the level of intentionality that we've put into this, this entity, this business. And, and the dynamic is so, so unique and it's so rich. Like, I just want to send an email to confirm that this appointment is happening. But it opens up a five-hour conversation that brings up patterns from my past, deep subconscious resistance and wounds, things on her side Same. as well. And then we get through it and then we clear it. And then we see it instantly manifest in, in how we can help others in, in that similar way. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm. What, what you don't Sorry. heal from your first seven years, you, you find messengers and lessons in your outer reality mm. that mirror from outer to inner. Mm. So anything that's in there will transpire through your business or through your romantic relationship because yeah, it, your it, friendships yeah because yeah, it's relationship so you can have a yes. relationship with another being but you could also have a relationship 
to your company, to your work, exactly. relationship to your your team, to to working out. So we we find so many interesting ways that our ego has self defense mechanisms to essentially sublimate or or take all their angst or, or issues in one topic that they don't want to deal with and and apply it to another area. And especially with with technologists and entrepreneurs, it could simply be that they want to give themselves validation, but they construct such a complex mapping of reality that they decide to create an entire business around that unmet need that they that they don't give themselves. And so it's about recognizing what your needs are and recognizing how to fulfill them in a healthy way. So that way, when you go forward in a relationship, you can go forward with healthy interdependence. When you go forward with the business, you can create a business that's truly a business and not necessarily a, an abstraction of your ego mm -hmm. that you're applying to it, which egomaniacal <laughs> leaders in technology, there's, there's ample data points of that. Um, and then also uh, investors as well. So it transpires to investors uh, as well. So what we do is we say, regardless of the role you're playing in the awakening of humanity, let's first make sure that you are self-sufficient, that you are fulfilling your needs, that you have clear boundaries and ways to, to operate. Because without that, you, you might get out of your lane. You might overstep in what role it is that you are here to play. You may get sucked into someone else's project, someone else's mission, so aligned with what the purpose is, but not exactly on your terms and not exactly in the role that you want to be playing and not with the amount of responsibility that you want in the pursuit of it. Yeah, so, so case in point, you know, I was basically in, in, in taking a bath and, and downloaded what this <laughs> secular line ecosystem looks like. And it's like, that's great. And then I keep talking about it, like, this is there, and then this is there, and then this is there. See, here's the data point. Here's this future is talking about this. And, and after a while, you know, Victoria was like, okay, but what's your role in it? <laughs> and that was so challenging for me because like, there's a lot to do for one person. <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and a lot of responsibility. That was the, the other caveat because my mind could think about it. Oh, I could do this. Da, 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 da. I do it naturally. But like, what is it that you're responsible for that you want to take responsibility for? Well, I want to take responsibility for the whole thing. Yeah, what do you want to opt into that's the truest expression of you? And that was the core. It was like, what is the expression of me? And what is it that my heart wants? And so that's what un unraveled the, the pursuit to tap into my heart the pursuit to repair the trauma and, and the pursuit to integrate and activate my full being, which is a lot of the, the DNA of what our, our journey is with Faces of the Future and the Fundamentals program. Yeah, this is really resonant. as though we come in with the intention to go through said crazy seven year intro so that when we're 30 and 
quite aware of having healed and integrated and transcended through that. That way we can turn around and implement the proper frameworks and protocols for non-separation and for non-conditioning and for non-ego for the 2020s and 2030s babies that are popped into the world. It's awesome. So I also really enjoy an example probably for you, beautiful person listening, of the car analogy with the tires. This is probably very relatable for you guys. So it really does feel like sometimes that we're going through this process of, ah, oh, shit, I got to put more air into this tire. Ah, oh, shit, that one's overinflated. Uh, and you're getting these catalysts from, that are this mirror from the outside world. And so this is why, like, if you haven't <clears throat> done that little bit of work with your family, it's going to show up somewhere mm -hmm. as a reflection from one of your family members or from a friend or from in your business. It'll show up. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, if you have this little egoic twist or distortion of an unmet need that you feel like you have some sort of unworthiness or, or that you need a substance or a relationship or an experience or whatever in order to feel validated, that's going to show even. up. A well, big mission even. Oh, a big mission. Yeah, that was another one is uh, look at me with all of my concepts and all of my <laughs> projects and all of my, I don't know who I am at all, but look at all of this. Look at all my accounts and look at all my, yeah, my toys, my cars, my houses. Yeah. So, yeah, it shows up in all of these different ways in our reality. Um at being mirrored to us that we have a process of turning on the light of awareness on that specific area to love it, accept it, heal it, integrate it, transcend it. Mm -hmm. And I love that because the tire analogy is really relatable for people. Maybe there's some other really strong relatable examples with the tire analogy that you can share with us because that also seems to be what pretty much happens in the teenage and in these 20s and usually even into the 30s is that we have this like oh shit like this one's a little deflated or overinflated and i'm gonna jump and then for most people it's that the spiritual tire is taking a shit their whole life and there's no <laughs> feelings of oneness whatsoever their whole life right. they're just stuck in a <laughs> bubble reality <laughs> around their head the whole time yes no heart no gut, no emotion, no mm -hmm. feeling, just intellectual concept to concept, 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 concept. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. So the spiritual tire for most people is taking a shit. And then at some point, there's some sort of insane, chaotic, traumatic event. Oh, spiritual tire. Okay. Okay. And then that happens. 
That was like my car accident experience yes. I shared. <laughs> yes, exactly. When you're not paying attention to the signs as they're coming and then that jarring experience that forces you to look look within. Yes, we call it the drill sergeant of awakening. Is suffering. <laughs> just whap. Yes. And so, so yeah, so that's a classic one is the spiritual depletion. And then so physical, mental, emotional, walk us maybe through some of the common depletions or common um, over. Because uh, I was just coming up that there may be a common one of um, when you meet like really hyper um, emotional people mm-hmm. that just have no um, idea of what they're putting into the field because they're just so emotional like everything just sends them into a discursive pattern of thinking and emotions that then radiates into the field uncontrollably so that might be an overinflated emotional tire walk us through some of these yeah examples yeah you you totally got it so i'll start from my own experience because that's what i've learned is like the best way for me to speak from truth is my authentic experience so for me, I had, I had the same thing of no spiritual uh, tire. And then boom, all of a sudden, I, I did this program. It was like, and, <laughs> and just like, yeah, <laughs> more, more like, mm, right? But um, everything was a spiritual thing. And I was spiritually bypassing. And like, oh, love and light. Oh, don't worry, money doesn't matter. You know, oh, don't worry, it'll all work out. Like, oh, you're mad? Well, love and light, you know? And... and and like, oh, what what should we do today? Well, let me tap into the to the quantum field and, and figure that out, you know. And, and so it, it's it's a bit comedic because of how uh, how obvious it is that that's disconnected from reality. But that's a prime example. Is a lot of people, or there there are a population that is like the solution. Everything is spiritual. The solution. Everything is just meditate or just be in love and love and light and namaste. And, 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 and that's, that's a prime example that, that, that you see out there in the spiritual world. So that's an overinflated spiritual tire. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. exactly. And you want to take another one? Sure. Um, I guess the overinflated mental tire I, I, can, I can speak to. Um, kind of like rationalizing experiences you, you've been through or theoretically why something would make someone mad even though they've encountered it, but they haven't fully embodied it and felt the emotions in their body, that emotion gets trapped in there and stuck and you're disconnected from it. And I was disconnected from, from it a long time. And you try to intellectualize, intellectualize what is happening to you and you can explain it and you explain why something gets you mad and it's every time you explain it, it gets you madder. And it's like that thinking feeling loop that you were talking about. But you don't actually process the emotion. You just work yourself up to remind yourself of the story, of the narrative. And it's like your mind really anchored in that that neural pathway. It's been hardwired. And every single time it's like this thought precedes that thought precedes that thought and you reinforce the pattern over and over and over again instead of sitting with the feeling why do i feel this way what what triggered me why might i feel that way okay what do i do about this feeling how can i go and blow off this steam or this anger how can i assert to somebody in a respectful way of my own needs and their own needs why something upset me instead of like burying it and shoving it back down we get sent to our rooms all the time when we're little and we don't 
know what to do at that time sometimes we, we don't know how to how to process the experience that just happened and depending on like parental styles if they're there for you or if they're not there for you it's like hey kid go fend for yourself sometimes you know not given the proper tools to learn how to unload unpackage disentangle all the emotions like we just remember the trauma it's a memory it gets buried in and every time you recall the memory the same emotions come up without resolution and you remember it just as if it was yesterday 20 years later it's crazy yeah another example of inflated mental tire is uh dating in new york city for me <laughs> was like you go to a date and it's like let me just read your resume oh where do you live what do you do where did you go to school what, what's your job yeah or or uh, uh colleagues of mine who are really unhappy mm. at their their company or their business or their current mm. situation like decisions that sound good on paper yeah but they rationally well, yeah. uh, life life is horrible but i i just have to stay at this job for five more years and then five more years i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna do that and then that helps this and then... they have everything mapped out yeah. for the next like 20 years of their life yeah and they they justify the reasons why why mm. this is a great idea like reconvincing themselves <laughs> yeah or, or, yeah, taking, like, news at face value and, like, well, yeah, this makes sense because this, 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 and not checking in with how they actually feel how about feel the headline about it, yeah. or about the news. Or um, computer scientists are a, a population where it might be more prevalent of when, when there's a group, it's almost like an egoic battle of who who can outthink the other person and can put the most mental thing when ultimately they most likely want connection and and appreciation and validation and and a good time but it ends up being this battle of like this coding thing versus that coding thing um it is another example of mental um wow so that also relates to this in biology signaling theory mm -hmm. so you have the peacock tails out you know mm -hmm. it's like, look at my lattice look work of concepts <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. And where, whereas in, in reality, just by slowing down the field dynamic itself, mm -hmm. can there be very profound revelations for the entirety of everyone that's present there just by slowing it down. So you've noticed that so much these last couple of years is that the more that we just the the less that actually is evolved and awakened in that and then the more that we, you just go i'm alive i exist i am you are we are this is and the, just that little drop just creates so much space. You know, another way to think about that for our, especially for maybe viewers that are less familiar with um, lots of spirituality, but there's a really good tie in here with neuroscience as well, where it's like having an empty room is when you it was when you breathe and you just turn the field down a bit and then it's like all of this space in the room no neurological firing just 
Then all of the stuff in the room, the stuff is like that signaling theory of concepts and all the mental masturbation and all that type of stuff where it's only things. It's only there's a book there, there's a table there, there's a backpack there, there's water there, there's shoes there, there's pillows there, there's wood floor there, there's a book there. <laughs> what is going on? It's like a, it's like a panic attack. <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what, as you're saying it, what, what it actually reminds me of is uh, when I used to go to like nightclubs. Like there's so much stimulation, so much noise, yes. and then you go to the bathroom <laughs> and you close the door <laughs> and it, it's quiet and you're like, whoa. And then it's like, do I go back out there? <laughs> you open the door ah, and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what that reminded me of. Yeah. And if we just use that analogy to recognize if we sort of look at the different tires in our on our car and we recognize well is there a nightclub style dynamic going on in any of my car tires mm-hmm. analysis paralysis the, the overinflation of the mental tire yeah should like, should i potentially just go into the bathroom <laughs> in and that's what meditation is yeah right because you see you, you intentionally shut everything out and all of a sudden your mind's going a thousand thoughts per second that's a clear sign that you normally exist in a nightclub 24 <laughs> 7 so good luck actually being able to assess who you are what yeah. tires are inflated there, there's a nightclub going on in here yeah. a lot of discursive tabs open <laughs> and that's the process of like a meditation is, is clearing out the nightclub so you actually have space to think and that's a lot of what we we provide in our facilitation is is we help create that empty space or, or that that space for you to actually analyze and, and assess the tires because it could be that your your tires are being stomped on by a bunch of drunk party goers, and you got to clear them out of the room to actually see and, and assess. And yes, yes. And if you've ever been to the club after the club closes, <laughs> also the club's gone, all the people are gone, all the lights are on in the club, and it's just the space. And there's some like trash on the ground and stuff. And yeah. then you go out and you're like, okay, well it's time to clean up the floor and so like. So just like, these are good. This is a good analogy. Like this nightclub one's quite interesting. Time to clear the energetic imprint of all the people and the things that my mind is attached to and being pulled in different directions. Time to call that energy back to you. <laughs> yeah, and and all those thoughts actually imprint your body from a biological perspective because we're, we're primarily water and water holds memory. And so you can look at it from neural uh, wiring and how, how fast your, your brain waves are, but you can also get from a water memory perspective of all those thoughts imprint you. And so your being, your vehicle, has nightclub goers in it. And so you have to actually cleanse it. And so uh, part of what we do is really focus on like replenishing your body with, with pure water so that way it's like taking a mop on the floor. Like you got to mop off all the spilled drinks that are there. To, to be able to, to sit down and, and, and reflect. And so um, there is a, a physical aspect to, to what we do with, with clients as well when they see us in person. And so just as you're saying, it, it's all four tires. Our procedure, our, our, our process and program isn't just one tire. 
it, it's it's all four tires and when when they're all in balance they make the fifth which is your beingness and so awesome. it's a great way to assess what you're being and and look at your external world as, as how you're showing up and seeing perhaps where there might be some some issues with tires so the the beingness is sort of like the dash in a sense of the car like <laughs> you well it's kind of like your presence your, your metaphysical vitals. Metaphysical vitals, yeah, that's yeah, great. of the vehicle. That's great. And so you get little, the more, <clears throat> the more your, your beingness is awake, aware, presence, radiating love, oneness, service, honor, that the more that the tires, the dash is showing that all is well, there's harmony. Mm-hmm. And then when a dissonance shows up, then there's a, oh, beep, 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 like look at like mm -hmm. the tire. Yes. And, and it, it requires incredible um, surrender to receive that because it could simply be an ignoring of the, the, the message and the signal um, as well. So it's about building that awareness practice and also the surrendering practice of receiving that signal so that way you you get it when it's a small sign not when it's a big mm -hmm. car accident cool. a tiny misalignment yeah time to rotate your tires focus on these now <laughs> yeah and um what else so good i'm just loving this it's great play so good Another good, like, just a simple way to maybe go from the loud-ass nightclub to the bathroom for a moment to close the door is just to take a breath. Like, even that just... Yeah, and if I might interject, a breath Please. isn't just the breath in. It's the space between the breath in and the breath out and the breath out, and the space between the breath out and the breath in. So it's actually four parts to the breath. So sometimes people uh, I've seen and, and coached where I might like, take a deep breath because you're like kind of need it. They go, <laughs> and they think that's the breath. No, that's the breath in. The breath is four parts. And actually there's incredible enlightenment potenti potential, consciousness growing potential in the space between the breath in and the breath out. And that's why box breathing is so powerful physiologically and why it's trained to like the Marines and such because that breath is, is so important. So I just want to add that caveat just in case. Like yes. it, it's not the breath. <laughs> no, that's not a breath. It's in the, in the, the box is the Breathe in, in hold. hold, out, hold. Pause, yeah. Mm -hmm. in. in. So use that little box method to just go into the bathroom in the nightclub for a bit. <laughs> and just uh, like, what's, what's going on? Like, like, what's going on? Like, was there something that happened in my life in the last like hour? that just went by so fast mm. that I didn't get a chance to reflect on well, but that was clearly some sort of a signal or catalyst for, for me. Like the dash light showed up for one of the <laughs> tires, but then 
it was all going by so fast that it was, that I had to go into the bathroom for a bit to actually be able to analyze what the dash light was saying about the specific thing. Yeah, like what's off in my energetic field? Because that, that's what it creates. It's your resonance. It's, it's how you show up. It's your vibration. And that means everything in your manifestation potential. That's what you magnetize things to you with, with your beingness. so good that's so good so so basically the sum of spiritual emotional physical and mental shows up as beingness and then the beingness can be in we've discussed this as a as like light dispersion so you get the visible light spectrum and it also mirrors the chakras and so you may be showing up at a yellow level maybe the, your beingness is showing up at a green level the heart chakra and so the more that your beingness is showing up at these higher densities these higher frequencies of love light awareness that that's the more that you gravitate that feedback loops into your life so that's great because it's like an electromagnetic field resonance of vibration that's so important so you're literally your beingness the status of your vehicle is precisely what is electromagnetizing everything in your reality it's so good absolutely and like that's a core thing for the clients for in the curricula is like just that vigilance with that whole electromagnetic field process and mm -hmm. viewing all its nuances and subtleties and how it mm -hmm. is signaling certain aspects to your beingness and having good boundaries around your beingness mm -hmm. because what because what we all have or people we work with we're finding they have incredible superhero abilities yes and powers that society doesn't know what to do with and hasn't been rewarded um, or it's just our our generation the future generations just have these inherent abilities that are latent inside you can look at dna and maybe it's epigenetics it's waiting for the right environmental context but you can't there's a massive challenge being like the shape of a star if the entire world only understands the shape of circles and squares so if we're going to be the bridge the change makers to live life as a star we have to be very clear that we are stars so that way when other people's projections of us are like no you're a square you're a circle you're a square you're so you, you can stand in your centeredness and be able to navigate knowing full well that you are a star and that's where the boundaries come in because for 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 our our journeys in our spiritual gifts and abilities or psych whatever you want to call these abilities has been that it, it's been but you're crazy you don't know it it's only given to you by by this person it's only given to you in this context you can't go out and do it outside of this context and so it's about a a acknowledging who we are mm -hmm. and and building a relationship with those those points on the star and if we don't have <coughs> clarity of our center clarity of our boundaries we will get sanded down into a, a, a square or a circle by somebody else yeah 
Yeah, that's that's uh, been a core, even still over the last like four years, of just being really driven by polymath, having learned a lot about a lot of different things and being really excited about the synthesis of science and spirituality and all this type of stuff. And it'd be so interesting. People would always want to be, he's a liberal or he's a conservative, whatever. That's the little square and circle mm-hmm. bullshit. Or the science and spirituality like thing, like similar thing, like square or circle. Tell me which one. <laughs> You're one of the two. And then, you know, blue or red. Um, and then whenever you're star or whenever you're purple or whenever you're some sort of uh, one of those uh, incomprehensible geometric things that <laughs> is you can't put a name to. And then people, uh, because if, uh, how do I label you? How does this uh, fit into my reality? Fit into my reality. Yes. Yeah. How does it yes. fit into my framework? God, it's so freeing. It's so liberating. That's like one of the most liberating things is you can't nail me down. I am the fucking freedom itself. You can't nail me down. And like that's so freeing. Like that's – and then there's the simultaneity with that. Like, yeah, there is some sort of an actual apparent boundary of my own back. And so I do go out and stretch – my back and so there's like these boundaries within boundlessness um Mm -hmm. and so that's the hilarity of the game is that there are these apparent boundaries here within boundlessness because there's no distinct there is a there is an apparent distinction but then it's also no distinction all just energy ha 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 yeah funny game this is i love what you're saying about the boundaryless bound Bound, boundlessness <laughs> was the, the, that it the boundaries in the boundaries in the boundlessness, boundlessness sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if we're all we come from oneness and we're all expressions of source we are each unique expressions of source otherwise we would just merge right into each other in the primordial goo again and like what's the point of coming here and and like learning our lessons and becoming who we are and doing this path of self-discovery inner work and seeing what lights up your heart and pursuing that as a mission-driven business and exactly and and as you're saying you can't nail me down so my shorthand will will get you very close to to truth and that's the point is i don't need to prove truth i i just have to our role is to help facilitate your own journey to it so if you want to nail me down, meet me as the fully expressed version of you in the present moment with the fully expressed version of me. Nice. And then and then and then let's see. Good luck. I'll see you there. Yeah. And then and then that at least allows people who are trying to label you to give them a pathway versus you can't do it. It's like, okay, yeah, here here's here's the here's the little tidbit. You know, there, there's a, a great ver, uh, lesson in, in, I think it's David Dida, the, the, the book of, uh, what, what is The Way of the Superior Yeah, The Way man? of the Superior Man. Um, and and uh, the, the question is, like, sometimes the, in, 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 in men or, or, or in women, there's this desire to have multiple lovers. And so what he says is just fully, completely satisfy one woman or one lover and then once that happens, then you can consider a second one. Because I guarantee you, you will never be able to fully satisfy <laughs> that other lover. 
And so that is a beautiful shorthand to help people on, on their way. So just like you're saying, you can't nail me down. It's like, if you want to try to nail me down, meet me as the fully expressed version of yourself in the mm. present moment with with me. And because in your journey to get there, you'll you'll realize that the nailing down is like a, a silly thing to try to do. And to play on this a little further, it all it seems as though the way to actually be able to emerge back into the field at the highest level of honor and service and compassion as possible, it requires, in a sense, to take all conditioning and separation and ego and identity as the costume mm -hmm. and completely dissolve it into the field itself, into that soup, into that oneness, into that energy, and then reemerge from the nothingness as what this firework of source is mm -hmm. because then you've traversed the entirety of what you are and then you can serve the field purely and so that's like that's one of the core things that seems to be really important is like becoming really comfortable with nothingness becoming really comfortable with emptiness becoming really comfortable with your the costume being just an appearance that appears and disappears and that in that process it actually makes you the sun it makes you more purely the sun able to actually radiate and illuminate the field without attachment without fixation without need to be seen or validated just purely just in honor and this would look like for like a a normal scenario this would look like when you're sitting with a friend and that your emptiness would look something like being totally comfortable with not needing to insert something into the space but rather allowing what your friend is saying to be heard purely genuinely presently mm -hmm. um, authentically and then you know, when your friend finishes saying what they say, that then you, you lovingly, you can just speak through your glance. You don't even need a word. Like your eyes themselves non-verbally can just emit love and radiance and warmth. And like the more that you hear like, ah, man, you're really good at listening or that you, you really, you know, you really saw me or what, like those were more that like you hear that the better you're doing at being able to hold space authentically, genuinely, all this type of stuff. Um, but then also it's the quality of your, you know, your question or your insight that you reflect back at them uh, that then allows also a deeper inquisitive process into their own. How do you guys feel about that traversing the entire spectrum into that nothingness or into that emptiness, into that oneness that then enables you to reemerge in the field as pure? How do we feel about it or, or how, what did it look like? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, first of all, that Beautiful. was so eloquently yeah. put, what, what you said. I just have to like... Let it land, let, yeah, like you were saying. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, that is a great litmus test of how you're doing on the consciousness journey is are you able to fully be present with another to listen and mm -hmm. receive that's like well if you have a nightclub going on in your head you're not going to be present 
and you're going to be a really horrible friend, you know, kind of a thing. You're going to be thinking about what do I say next, or what about dinner, or what about this, or that object, or oh, that person's cute, da, 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 da. right? So that presence is a great practical example. And then, yeah, based on your own wisdom and conscious journey, how can you then provide yeah, that reflection, that question? And that's something that Victoria is so remarkable at. And I just want to say your analogy is just absolutely just amazing. I, I love it. Thanks, fam. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, you guys too. We've been, we've been on fire since we met. It's been great. Yeah. Yeah, so back to the, the, the question. Yeah, how do we feel? So we, we take people into the quantum field. Yeah, we what what we did essentially is we unplugged. Well, I, I guess I'll speak for myself. Unplugged from, from reality, from society, stripping away the job, getting rid of the the apartment in Brooklyn, all the stuff, selling off all the things, going to India, fire walking on coal, <laughs> all that all that stuff, meditating all day, doing the the powers of the third eye stuff, but then coming back and seeing how do I integrate back into society. I can't connect with my nursing people. I can't connect with my, my Brooklyn people, my family people. They don't understand this journey I just went on. And is this journey necessary for people looking to expand their consciousness and their awareness? Can you simply go on a safe, grounded, expansive approach with two skilled guide facilitators who have taken out some of the guesswork for you, possibly, and... <laughs> It doesn't uh, destabilize you, perhaps like a plant medicine journey would that that prize open the heart and you extract that wisdom and that, that kernel, that seed of what you want to plant. But it also, there there's quite an integration that happens after that. So how can we smooth out the integration process? How do we help them operate with all these newfound understandings with the upgraded consciousness? How do we help them reemerge into society as who they're being, not who they're becoming, who they are right now? How do they do it now? Yeah, and everyone has their own unique journey. And so we're specifically targeting those people who are like, hey, we want a little more grounded, more controlled approach than doing like a plant-based journey, which has, has a, its, 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 its purpose. Mm -hmm. So it, that's really where we connected in terms of society and that integration piece is like so key that Victoria is mentioning because at a lot of conferences or events in, in the business world, like I was at the US Africa Summit and doing lots of things and talking to, to, to big leaders. And I'm uh, first time I'm there, I'm very, you know, bright eyed, like, wow, this is all amazing. We're gonna make a change in the world. And the, the, this older gentleman just looked at me, he's like, nah, it's just for the headlines. We're all going to go back to our, our jobs on Monday and nothing's going to change. And, 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 and how that's related to the spiritual journey and the waking journey is the integration. You have this, ah, but there's no integration follow through on it. And so what we've done is it's almost like we've titrated uh, your awakening. We've titrated mm -hmm. your, your expansion so that way you can maintain a, a little more control on, on the massive shift. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about we're shifting the consciousness of the planet, there is some form of that to consider the implications of a massive awakening happening mm -hmm. in terms of the infrastructure, in terms of individuals' lives that are, are changing or people who 
are, are almost quote unquote left behind when that shift happens because it's happening. I, I don't know when, but it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's very clear. So there will be people who are like, hey, what about me? How do I get there? Right now we're focused on people who are like, I want to be a leader in it and I want to create major infrastructure in it. But ultimately full circle will be people like, help me get there. And I don't necessarily know if my physiology could actually handle a plant-based journey or a, a, a nu- numerous other reasons why certain modalities aren't, aren't right for them. So that's been um, part of the ethos of, of what, what's come through in our, our channels in our sessions as well. And it doesn't have to look as reclusive as ours did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- there's, there's no, yeah, there was a lot of challenge that, that I went through trying yeah. to reintegrate into society. Massive trauma, ma- massive dissonance with, with my reality, with, with people who I connect with, because it was like almost instantaneous unplugging. And if it's a destination we're all going to together eventually, then maybe rethinking the approach for how we can all get there is really one of the things this addresses. I, I think Atlas beautifully said the other day, uh, commenting on, I forget what question it was, but it was like titrated surrender. <laughs> Controlled surrender. <laughs> And for many of us, that is basically what has, in a sense, happened. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, non-dual teachers that will just say that there was an apparent contraction in energy, and then there was an apparent liberation in energy. And then, like, that's all they'll say. And they'll kind of, like, keep bringing it back to you're already the wholeness you're already you're already the wholeness. you're already you're already, you're already you're. and then the question from the seeker from that which it feels like it's separate is perpetually but i don't feel whole why do i not feel whole what do i do and so this is the game that some of these like some of these seekers that feel separate play with these non-dual teachers and it's it's kind of funny um <clears throat> Because there's so much truth in what is being said about by the non-dual teacher, by the message. And yet, there's also what you could say is like the simultaneity where you could, in a sense, provide a tiny insight into what had happened in your process that appear apparently happened as a process where you went from a contracted feeling of separation and seeking to a liberated, expansive feeling of freedom and wholeness. And so then you could drop a little insight for that which feels separate. Uh, mm-hmm. And so then there's some sort of a titration of awakening or of remembering mm-hmm. after forgetting seven years and more. So it's it, it seems to be really critical for people to recognize that there is both no journey because you're already it, already whole, and yet there is the appearance of some sort of a journey, um, and then, yeah, what, what what comes to me on that is, is a visual, uh, and and it's a symphony. Life is a symphony, and those those non-dual teachers are kind of like the big gong, like dong, that gets banged like every you know fourth or eighth you know uh, 
chord or whatever it's called bar yeah fourth or eighth bar like it's important we got to come back to that but there's so much that happens in the space in between that that we're not addressing or or expressing or appreciating which is like maybe you have the cello come in maybe you have the the bongos maybe you have the piano or the flute come in and 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 those are important pieces to the human experience as well because um when when i've basically disappeared into the ether into the akashic beyond the akashic whatever you want to call it the quantum field it gets lonely and and i've talked to several people who who have done this before it's like what do you do once you're once you're on the mountain well you come back down the mountain because you want more people to have fun with you and we're seeing this happen in, in society in terms of technological adoption is like it requires a certain level of consciousness to be able to keep up with the technology and and with how it, it replicates itself in societal structures and when when you talk about being able to download channel certain technologies that are really fun and cool to play with the question is at from a responsible perspective is humanity ready for it and mm -hmm. and the ethics of technology comes up and 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 the conversation of of ai of like uh you know mass like like bombs and, and nuclear warfare comes up of is our consciousness ready for it you know are we ready to have the technology to instantly manifest anything you want well if you're constantly thinking about a hundred different things that is actually like a, a death sentence because of all the thought, like if everything you thought manifested, oh my gosh, you'd, you'd be dead. And that's one of the lessons that, that they teach you is like the, the Kalpataru tree is, is one of the things that, that our, our teacher taught is, oh, sit under the Kalpataru tree and any wish you, you want or anything you think of will, will come true. So he's like, oh, I want jewels. Oh my gosh, I, and jewels appeared. Oh, I want gold. Oh my gosh, gold appeared. And then he thought, oh my gosh, what if someone comes and what tries if a to tiger tr comes and tries to eat me and then there came a tiger yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love that one that's such a good one i love that god that one little fearful thought comes uh -huh. and then it manifests and then bye bye yeah that's great exactly so consciousness almost has like a well uh, there's that other part to it too where it's like now you need for all your diamonds and gold you need uh, a place to store it safely. You need guards to. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the story of like the 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 fisherman down in in, in Mexico, where the the young MBA you know comes and is like, hey, you you do so well. There's so many fish here. You know why don't you take a you know take take a loan or or take investors to to grow your business, and then you could have many boats. And, and it's like, why, why would I do that? If I have many boats, I have to hire many people. And then I have, I have the, 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 the people who invested in my company I have to deal with. And then, and then I have to deal with them. And then I have to deal with running a company. And I don't want to run a company. I just want to fish and be with my family. And before you know it, you're in your head and out of your heart about why you did it in the first place. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And I take money. I don't get to spend time with my family. Why would I do that? That's mm -hmm. what my heart wants. I like fishing. I don't want to run a company. I want to be a fisherman. So, so your idea of expansion actually is like repulsive because you're not seeing the implications of this, this tool you have, which is your mind and expanding it. Like business is a technology in and of itself. And there's like a spiritual component to it as well and a metaphysical component. Um, but that's something that as an MBA myself, I, I love talking about is that it's a technology 
and that there is a spiritual aspect to that technology that is is very often uh, ignored and mm -hmm. it goes back to the origination of, of of the thought current that conceived the business when it was at ideation at conception from what vibration or from what ne unfulfilled need it was coming from and what does that person's wholeness or lack of wholeness who created said entity how does that impact the growth and scaling and expansion and permeation into our society has that person done the shadow work and understood all the implications of what this can do and 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 if not it manifests in different ways in terms of how it grows or how it fails what the company culture is like the hiring policies it shows up in in small ways that we really work with them at, at the pre-inception of idea or pre-receiving of their mm -hmm. dharma so that way they do the shadow work so it's like hey maybe you just need to like heal with with your mom which is a very challenging topic for many people but you know tell your mom you love her like work through the connection issue before you decide to build a company that essentially you're building to try to meet that unmet need that your mom never gave you mm-hmm it, and we started out with the the foundry process like taking a business from ideation to basically grounding it into this dimension as a, a business venture right and then we had to take a few steps backwards and create this kind of precursor it's like where did that seed come from is this the right seed you're planting for you where what space did it come from what unresolved issues might there be that will manifest and permeate throughout the business so we had to kind of reverse engineer and work backwards and, and solve for some of the issues that founders encounter on their entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, because for me, the foundry process was like, oh my gosh, I have this psychological ecosystem idea in my head. Okay, well, how do I move forward on it? So this process was kind of birthed with that and, and individuals who receive unique channels or very expansive channels that are very out there, very future oriented, how do you ground it into the present moment to be like, okay, well, we need one project manager and we need one, you know, backend coder and this and that. <laughs> no, well, what we could do is we could do the NFT and then we could attach it with this and this and that and that and that. And then we could use the gematry of this and that. It's like, okay, like your ideas are beautiful. And if that is your dharma, awesome. We need to ground that. And that was the process. But then what, what we saw was that the individual had to go through a process before being able to fully steward that idea forward introspection elevating vibration tuning your vessel because if this is a massive multi-dimensional idea you want to make sure you're tuned to carry its resonance perfect <clears throat> yeah especially when we're looking at fortune 500 ceos or we're looking at the 2,200 billionaires on the planet, 225,000 ultra high net worth on the planet that's 30 million or more in US dollars and assets, the presidents, um, the, all, all the attendees at the General Assembly, United Nations, um, the 535 people in the United States Congress. So you look at all these little pockets of people that are probably nearly representing like 7 billion or something people probably and then there's all the interpenetration and interweaving of somebody that 
does something with Amazon and then also is part of the U.S. So there's the Congress one and the Amazon one. And then there's also some, and then the Jeff Bezos being a billionaire. So there's that part to it as well. And so now you're just weaving all of this complexity. And so you're wondering, well, these, this big swath of the most influential people, like what is their level of consciousness or like, you know, are they, are they, are they entering into the fields from a place of something that happened when they were three years old and they're still seeking validation or worthiness something an unhealed trauma is it and how to make it so that this style of understanding our inner scape becomes the core of what is talked about at the un general assembly or at the davos world economic forum because this is it. Like, this is the thing. Like, this is the thing. Um, I haven't been able to find anything else that's the thing as much as this. Like, diving inwards with earnestness, honor, integrity, love, compassion for yourself and for the world is the best thing that you can possibly do. And so on, like, the individual level with doing work with both people that may have businesses, may not have businesses, small businesses, medium businesses, good stuff. Very good. Grassroots, very good. Very important. Very important. Grassroots, very important. Also, the most impactful top-down influence is also very, very, very important. Getting to that so, so, so crucial. Yeah, you're so on point. Like, um, uh, as I said, I grew up in the newspaper industry and, and our, our family owned a, a major newspaper in Beverly Hills and to your point there are billionaires wanting the publisher of the newspaper to sit at their table because they knew that that would mean a photo on the front page and uh, everyone invited the publisher to the event because they wanted the picture and so you have these these titans of industry asking for the publisher to be there and it became almost a social thing of oh did you see that my my photo was on the front page of the picture of the paper so i took that same principle and applied it to the to the u.s africa summit i put together a a, a magazine that had a beautiful picture of each one of the african presidents beautiful thing written about them and and ended up going there it 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 they asked for a second run of it i had like a 500 dollars uh budget and an incredible team but i show up there and everyone wants it they're they're presidents asking for more copies of it or, or president delegates asking for more copies of it because they want to give it to their friends because it says something nice about them and that led me to actually have meetings with with uh, certain African countries, heads of commerce and marketing, because they wanted something written nice about about their country, and it's the same principle: beautiful picture, nice words, power of positivity. And and this was before I had gone through any form of, of an awakening journey. And I'm like, what the heck did I just walk into? This the, the the same principle that applies to like a Beverly Hills housewife is the same motivating factor that applies to heads of state. 
and and that to me was just an astonishing factor and and it proves to your point it goes to your point of like therefore healing yourself is the most important thing going inside is the most important thing as well as not just digging out the trauma which sometimes these uh, programs might just focus on heal your past heal your past heal your past no create your future and part of creating your future is healing your past. The end goal is not to heal your past. The end goal is to create your future. And that gives right, you... Right, your new narrative. That gives you the motivation to heal from a positive aspect because I know that that's something that you've journeyed with pretty intensely. Yeah, I was doing endless shadow work, going in, burning down the forest, pulling out the weeds, never planting any seeds not not understanding like what was the purpose i was doing it all for so it can be a, a spiritual trap on the path where you go in and you just constantly pick at yourself i'm not good enough yeah. i'm not worthy enough i'm not uh nobody cares about what i have to say who am i to go and talk about the these topics anything like that without actually creating something and writing the new narrative overwriting the old beliefs reprogramming what's your why yep. going within seeing what what drives you what propels you to want to create this what excites you and what lights you up i love how you guys have been using that throughout our conversation of what lights you up you know what's in your highest excitement what are you blueprinted for mm -hmm. so, so exciting what's your calling what's your north star love these it's very powerful but it's not coming from a place of lack that's the core thing. Like, mm -hmm. like my, my actualization is not coming from a place of unwholeness or unworthiness. It's kind of like a, a flower that just naturally blossoms to the sun and emits an aroma. And it's not like... So the, it's, we just got to be very careful with why. Because it, it can be a, because it plays into that mystery that we were talking about a couple nights ago, you know, which is very important. It's very, very important. Like to sort of in that, that titrated surrender, like letting go, like let go. Ease your way into like the flower. Like the flower doesn't have a little fucking mind on top of it that's going. <laughs> you know type thing so like careful with that like so it's like a coming from wholeness you know what are you blueprinted for what's your unique artistic expression etc yeah it's beautiful it's beautiful because because we're also that which is beautifully artistically expressing itself via this dance and so to also be like nothingness <laughs> is also like emptiness is empty like, don't be drunk on emptiness. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that, that I found is that um, when it comes to like a spiritual concept of Dharma, regardless of whether you're coming from a place of, of lack or wholeness, you at least have some understanding of the general concept of what your Dharma is. It may be filled in with a lot of the trauma and the incompletion and the lack, 
but it at least is a starting point that as you do the inner work, it clarifies more and more what that dharma is. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to yeah, just sit there from an empty place before pursuing something. Um, it's just a recognition that as you do the inner work, the, the dharma that you're pursuing gets clarified and will, will, will evolve at the level of consciousness that you are at. And, and the traumas and triggers or subconscious programming, negative beliefs, that you have are being projected onto what you perceive that dharma is but as you said like get on the horse and then i can help you with riding a horse unless you get on the horse like that's the first step so acknowledge and appreciate this idea of a concept of dharma because that to me is like the highest spiritual ideal of your doingness and so you're, you're you're doing it from the level at your beingness and we can help you refine and go through the evolutionary process of your beingness and that will translate to the evolution of your doingness but get on the horse and start from that perspective beautiful yeah mm, gosh just love that that's so good and i love the car analogy with the tires and the beingness being there and i just I love that. So good. So good. Just really, really well done in general. First podcast. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty fucking good. Uh, Thank you. I loved Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're a great host. Yeah, we, we, we resonate. I mean, yeah. it, it is that which comes through us. That's why we don't call ourselves coaches, really, or teachers. We're facilitators. Like, there, there are certain roles where we play teachers, certain roles where we play coaches. But ultimately, we're facilitating. We're facilitating the divine to come through based mm -hmm. on the level of resonance of this container that you've created. So this mm -hmm. is equally a representation of your profundity, your profoundness, yes. your depth. Because what we realize is that we're essentially language architects to help bring people to source based on their comprehension of it. And so it could be as simple as talking about one plus one is two, or it could go to this depth and this level, and that's just an acknowledgement of who you are, the intention of what it is that you're doing, and the intentionality of your, your viewers and why they're watching you. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, for, yeah. for being you and, and, and watching. The, the deeper the, the field coherence, the heart resonance that's present, the deeper we can go, the quicker we can unlock and reveal yeah. things and co-create. Damn, that was really good too with really just kind of being a language architect in a sense as you facilitate people's mm -hmm. journey to r unite with source with what they are that's yeah 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 i like that yeah because that goes to the yeah. first point that you guys mentioned with how you your intake is vibrationally you're parsing the essence and then serving it uniquely to each one yeah and we're solving the the inherent separation that language is Totally, totally. And you'll notice that some of these greatest poets and mystics and stuff, they talk about just how much we overuse words and how so much love is lost with that overuse of words. Like you just go outside into nature and just be quiet. <laughs> Quiet the mind, 
Just feel from your heart. Look at this. It's a fucking miracle, baby. Yeah, Arrival, the movie Arrival, really dives into like the separation of language and, and creating a unity language of beingness. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. This was so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your awakened presence. You too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in infinite love for you as well thank you thank you we would love to hear from you in the comments below let us know how you feel about the episode any core insights core takeaways let us know also like the video helps the algorithm subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet also share the video with other people that you feel like this would positively resonate with and influence well also, check out the link in the bio below. So, facesofthefuture.co, right? Mm -hmm. Cool, facesofthefuture.co. The link's in the bio below. And the batches that you intake are, they're not just batches. They're kind of any time people can come in. And then also the general length is about three months. Mm-hmm. And then it can be remote or in person in the L.A. area. Yes. Yes. Okay. We, we do the two-on-one journeys and then they join a, a group or our, our community, our pool. Yeah, because we're not just going to upgrade your consciousness. We're going to make sure it's, it's fully integrated and we're going to help, help you navigate that path to self-realization, self-accountability. And everyone's on their unique journey, on their unique pace. And so one of the things that's important for us is to make sure that you feel fully supported and safe in this it's not just a, a one shot and go kind of thing and it's creating a community as well at that level of consciousness so it is a beautiful series of things that you can uh, experience with us perfect and then one of the things i was just coming up was that to weave these communities also together as well because what we're doing with the no limit society what you guys are doing face of the future what every single one of these groups of awakened presence consciousness mm -hmm. is doing to like weave into some like one million person festival in africa <laughs> in 2022 in the summer you know something nuts that would be so lit <laughs> we're gonna do that <laughs> oh. ah, it's beautiful it's more realistic than you might oh it's so coming yeah. it's so in the field this whole collective's awakening it's so dope yeah. It's so coming. I'm glad you picked up on it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, this has been so warm. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Infinite love. Talk to you soon. Peace.